Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Spiritual blockages. I've been talking about that for about a week. And if you missed last week, we'd encourage you to go back and and watch the message um, and maybe share it with a friend who maybe is going through something that might look like a blockage to them. But I've been talking about spiritual blockages from Colossians 3. This is Paul speaking to the church, giving specific instruction to the church about leaving what was old and taking on the new. The new is now here and letting those old things just be gone, not allowing those old things to come back and hold them back. So in Colossians 3 and verse 1, it says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 5, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Okay, this is the old stuff, the old way. The old way of doing things, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these things, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices And I've put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek or Jew, sorry, Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So Paul's saying, hey, you got a new life. You got a new way of doing things. You're in the family now. So leave behind all those old things. Whatever's old, if it starts to get in the way, it's just in the way. And you're connected now to the Father, which means things are different. So last week I talked about the two different conversations that are always going on. There's the natural conversation, which we perceive so easily because we are natural beings. So we perceive, we hear, we have our five senses, we see things in the natural with our natural eyes. And we understand that often quite easily. We see it and we say, okay, that's what's going on. But I've come to learn is there's always a second conversation happening in parallel. There's a spiritual or a supernatural conversation as well. And when you start to uncover and and dig up some of the things that are happening over here in the natural, you get a read on what's happening in the supernatural. You get a sense for what's actually taking place. And so I wanna encourage us when it comes to our spiritual lives to understand there's two, two conversations always happening. In the natural, there's certain things that we need to survive. In the natural, there's certain things that we need to have a flow in constantly. And I I shared with us last week a few of those things, but let me just recap real quick. We need, for example, food. And natural people need food. We might be in here right now, 11 a.m. service. You're like, I need some food. I'm hungry. (laughs) One of my favorite meals of the whole week is Sunday after church meal. Like it's just, there's there's this appetite. I just don't understand, but it's there and it's so awesome. And I'm looking forward to it later. But we need food, we need nutrition. And the parallel there, for example, 
is the parallel of the Word of God. The Word of God is our food. That's our daily bread. The Word of God is our spiritual nutrition. There's the parallel, the natural versus the spiritual. Another, another example is water. We need our bodies, naturally speaking, we need water for hydration. We need water to flow into our bodies. And as an example of that, the Word of God washes over us like water does. If water also cleans us, the, water, the Word of God also cleans us. It helps us, it, it helps clean us up to be what we're called to be. Something else that our natural body needs is oxygen. We need to breathe. We need oxygen to come into our lives. And to me, and a great example of that is the Holy Spirit's breath of fresh air in our lives. Our spiritual lives, we need a breath of fresh air from the Holy Spirit to live a life that God has called us to live, a spiritual life. That's another example. And then finally, blood. We need blood flow. We need spiritual blood flow. We need the blood of Jesus. And we always need the blood of Jesus. And I love that idea, that picture, that naturally speaking, that if we're not careful, there can become blockages. If you think about restriction of blood flow, that can be catastrophic. Now I want you to think about your spiritual life. Could there be things that are blockages? Could there be things that could come in and be hindrances? Could be things that hold you back from everything that God has got for you? So last week, we talked about some of the big ones. For example, sin. Sin is absolutely and can be a blockage in a believer's life to allow the old way, like Paul says, all the old things, the old sins, the old things that you used to do, to allow them to come in and become a hindrance right now in your new life. Put on the new self, he says. Leave the old ways behind. Could there be things that could get in the way of a spiritual, free flow, thriving life that God has for you? So I wanna talk about some of these blockages again today. But what do they get in the way of? Some examples, hearing from God getting revelation, walking in the newness that God has for you. They can get in the way, not because anything's in the way, but because there's a blockage that is stopping you from seeing what God has for you. David said this in Psalm 101 verse three, he says, I will not set my eyes before anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. I read that as David saying this, he said, I hate the way of those people that are blocked up that have a blockage, spiritually speaking, that are not walking in a free-flowing relationship with God, I hate being around that because it clings to me. He says, I shall not let it cling to me. It will not cling to me. To me, David's a great example of a person who pursued a relationship with God and wanted that spiritual flow. So last week, we talked about sin, talked about pride, how pride can get in the way. And if you don't think pride's getting in the way, then you have pride. Talked about comparison that I believe in 2021 is a real issue that can become a real blockage in our spiritual lives. If we're not careful, we can be, begin to compare ourselves. And unfortunately, with the, the age we live in and social media, it's so easy to quickly do that, to quickly in a moment compare ourselves and all of a sudden we've got a blockage. But I wanna keep going today. So number four, number four, you ready? Number four, you ready? Online, I'm going to talk to you. Number four, you ready? <laughs> Number four, a lack of vision. As a blockage in a believer's life, a lack of vision. And I want to unpack this for a moment. I want to read from John chapter 12. John's account of Jesus. It says this in verse 37 of the New Living Translation. It says, But despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, 
most of the people still, still did not believe in him. This is exactly what Isaiah the prophet had predicted. And he quotes Isaiah, he says, Lord, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? But the people couldn't believe it. For as Isaiah also said, the Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that their eyes cannot see and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and have me heal them. Isaiah was referring to Jesus when he said this, look at this, because he saw the future and spoke of the Messiah's glory. He saw the future, he had a vision. Many people did believe in him, however, including those, including some of the Jewish leaders, but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. I love it says this, it says, when he said this, referring to Jesus, because he had seen the future and he spoke of the Messiah's glory. He had a vision of Jesus. He had a vision. Can I just encourage you? Vision of the, a vision of Jesus changes everything. But a lack of vision, a lack of vision for your life that comes from God can be a blockage in your life. What am I talking about there? I'm talking about a life where it's like there is no vision. You feel like you're depleted. You feel like there's a plateau. You feel like there is a dead end, a visionless life. When you think about it, the way God's created is He's created all of us to look forward to something. You ever notice this? That you find yourself in a new season, things feel great, things feel new. You're taking it all on. You're like, oh, this is exciting. And then all of a sudden the novelty wears off. Isn't that annoying sometimes? And this is, but this is how God's made us to be. That there's always something new that He's doing. We sang about it this morning. He's always doing something new. He's always got something for you to look forward to. Let me put it to you this way. He's always got vision for your life. And a lack of vision, I believe, can block us up spiritually. Proverbs 15 and verse 24, one of my favourite scriptures about vision says, the path of life leads upward for the prudent. Other translation says, the path of life winds upwards for the wise. See, that's the thing about your life with God. This is about your relationship with Jesus. It just gets better and it gets better and it looks different and there's something new. There's more vision, there's more coming. God has always got something more for you. And a lack of vision, I believe, needs to be addressed. So can I encourage you? What's the vision for your life? What has God got for you? This is why vision is so important in our church to constantly be talking about the vision of our church and what God has for us, that God has always got something new. We're always looking forward to the new thing that God is doing. We begin to ask questions like this, what's next? What's on the horizon? God, what have you got in my future? What could be ahead for me? But here's the truth, a lack of vision will kill your future. It'll kill it because there's nothing to look forward to. There is no vision. A lack of vision will lead to a lack of drive. A lack of vision leads to a lack of purpose in what we do. So I guess my question today is this, do you lack vision in your life? Do you have a personal vision? A vision for your family, a vision for your kids, a vision for maybe your marriage or your career or business? What's the vision? Maybe it's for your spiritual life. Have you got a vision that one day you're gonna understand the Scriptures better than you did yesterday? Is there vision for your life? I wonder what that vision is. I'd love it if you could write this down, just something to meditate on this week. A bold personal vision mirrors a bold view of God. I wanna challenge people's thinking today. If you have a small vision, can I just encourage you, you need to rework how you see God. 
Because if you have a small vision, maybe you see God as small. Or maybe you see God's ability to move in your life as small. See, this is what a lack of vision does. It always brings us to a place of not thinking God can do what only God can do. That's a lack of vision. But I believe vision can absolutely be the thing that takes us from here to there because God wants to do it if you have vision. If you have great vision, you have a great God. If your vision is small, so God is small. God always has a new place for us to go, but it's always better than we imagined it would be. God always has a new place for you to go. But when you get there, it'll always be better than you ever imagined it can be. Ephesians 3.20. It's better than you could ever imagine. But the point is we need to start with vision. We need to start with a place in vision. So if you feel stuck today, can I encourage you? Maybe the answer is to have vision. Go, go back to the vision. Dream up the vision. Maybe you feel blocked today. There's a blockage. You just feel spiritually, oh, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Can I encourage you? Vision. If you feel held back, vision. Maybe it's because of a lack of vision in your life and you haven't tapped into the great mystery of our lives. You know, I never could have dreamed up in my wildest dreams that I would be standing here right now. 10, 15, 20 years ago, when I first started to serve Jesus, if you told me 20 years ago, when I started to serve Jesus that one day that I would plant a church in St. Augustine, Florida, a place I've never even heard of, And I'd be serving Jesus and standing behind pulpits preaching the gospel. I would have told you, you were crazy and you need some help. <laughs> because I'm good doing what I'm going. I got a vision for my life. I'm going to go. This is the thing about serving God is we think it might be good, but it's always better than it ever will be. It's better than you could ever imagine. And I praise God that He gave me vision for the future, but He always does better than we could ever imagine. Can I just encourage you, pray bold prayers. Like pray the kind of prayers that are just like, if someone heard you praying, they'd be like, ha, 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 that's ridiculous. It's exactly how God wants you to pray. I was sitting with a pastor recently who is going to plant a church and we're gonna support them as a church and we're excited about that and sitting down and having dinner and, kind of got to the point in the conversation because I knew what the, the, the dinner was about. We want to talk about what they were doing and we're excited about that and, you know, we, we know them and so it was, it was sort of a great dinner and it just, I just, I love just getting to that point in the dinner where I was just like, okay, man, come on, tell me what the vision is. Tell me what the vision is. And they began to tell me and it was exciting. I was sort of sitting there and I just felt this real prompting before we sat down that God had given me sort of an instruction to kind of pass along a word. And he began to talk to me about the vision and he got to the point where he was like, okay, it's gonna cost this much to do what we feel like God's gonna call us to do. And I just felt this prompting inside of me from the Lord, I feel like it was from the Lord, to just tell him to double it. Double the vision. So I just said to him, I was like, hey man, you just need to double that. And with almost tears in his eyes at the table, he said, I came here to this dinner thinking the exact same thing about the vision that God had given us. The point is this, whatever the vision is, can I just encourage you? Pray bold prayers. Believe for great things. Have a great vision for your life. Maybe you're in here today and your kids aren't serving Jesus. They don't know the Lord. Can I just encourage you? Pray bold prayers. Believe in Jesus' name that God, the, the God of all heaven is gonna come in and move in your situation. Have vision. 
Because God wants to move. Well, let me show you a scripture. Habakkuk chapter two, you might've seen this before, but to me, this is the manuscript for how God treats vision. Habakkuk 2 verse 1 says, I will take my stand at the watch post and station myself on the tower. That's your life. God is looking over your life. And look at what it, look out to see what He will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so He may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, oh, I love this. If it seems slow this morning on a Sunday morning, can I encourage you, wait for it. Scripture says, it will surely come, it will not delay. God's got vision for you. So I wanna unpack real quick how to have a vision for your life, okay? It's just simple thoughts that I've got for you this morning. The first is this, understand how much God loves you. Remember how valuable you are. If you don't think you're valued by the Father, then you won't have vision for your life. If you don't feel like you have value when it comes to your Father in heaven, you gotta, you gotta come back to that place of understanding God sent Jesus because He loves me. God wants me to be part of His family. I am part of the family of God. I am valuable. Sons and daughters type value. So we gotta understand that God sees us as valuable and then we've gotta go and line ourselves up with the Word of God. You can have vision for your life, but if it's outside of the Word of God, it's not godly vision. So we're gonna be people that first go to the Word of God and say, this lines up with God's Word. We're gonna read Scripture and get ourselves lined up with God's Word. And then we're gonna go and dream with God. I wonder when's the last time you inquired of the Lord for the vision of your life? It's one of the things I love about reading about David's life. He always was inquiring of what the Lord had. And if you look at the monarchy in the Bible, the kings, the good kings were always the ones that went and sought the Lord saw what the vision was, the vision for the battle, the vision for what was ahead. They always went and sought what God had for them. But can I just encourage you, you need to go and dream with God. When's the last time you went and got alone and just dreamed with God and just spent some time with the Father and said, God, what have you got for me? What, what's ahead, Lord? Father, what can I look forward to? Give me a word for what's coming in my life. That's how you get vision. God wants to give it to you. So dream with God and then write it down. Write it down, set it out plainly for you and your family to see. We're gonna go old school. We're gonna start journaling again, <laughs> writing stuff down. But maybe you just need to write some things down in bold letters and put it somewhere in your house. Maybe you need to start writing it down and putting it on the fridge. We're getting out of debt, it's a vision. We're starting a family, it's a vision. My kids are gonna get saved. Put it down, write it down. Put it on the mirror in your bathroom, write it down. But write it down so you can see it so it's plain, but also so it gets out. Write down things like, I'm, I'm gonna get a new job. I got a vision for the future. I'm gonna be planted in church. So declare it, write it down. It says in John chapter 12 that when it came to Isaiah, he saw the future and he spoke of the Messiah's glory. He saw the future and he spoke it out. Some of you just need to tell someone else your dreams. Right. The right people, the faith people in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Tell someone who's a prayer warrior, hey, I wanna, have, I wanna start a family and get that person on board to start praying for you. Can I just encourage you, vision is powerful in our life. So that's the first thing we've got to do when it comes to blockages, understand what a lack of vision can do. And the second blockage that can exist, come on, write this down, is a religious spirit. 
So that's two this morning, a lack of vision, but also a religious spirit. A religious spirit can block up a spiritual life. And you might be in here today, maybe you've you're recently started coming to church, you're like, well, isn't this a religion? No, it's not. This is not religion. This is a relationship. And I pray that we would always be a church that doesn't do religion. But we definitely do relationship. Relationship with Jesus, relationship with the Father, and understanding that we're all in relationship together. But a religious spirit is absolutely and can be a blockage in the spiritual life. You know, Jesus, when you read the gospel accounts, he had kind of two serious problems that he wanted to deal with. He had a problem with the plight of people that were downcast. So the the poor and the, the downcast of people that were pressed down, that were that were low. He had a problem with people that were in that situation. He had compassion and he had empathy and he loved those people and he wanted to lift up those people. That's the whole point of the Beatitudes, the upside down kingdom. He's lifting people up. So there's that, but there's also, he had a big problem with religious people. He called them hypocrites. He had a problem with people that put themselves in high positions, that were pious with their religion. I wonder why he had an issue with those people. I just had this thought. Maybe it was because they were doing things for someone they didn't know. Maybe it was because they were doing all the works of God. They were doing all the things for God, but they didn't actually know God. They didn't actually have an understanding of the heart of God. They were doing things for someone they didn't know. They had the priority wrong. They had it the other way around. What's more important to us? Is it serving Jesus or is it knowing Jesus? Is it serving Jesus or is it knowing Jesus? I love it if you could write this down. Knowing Jesus should always come before serving Jesus. Knowing Jesus, being in a relationship with Jesus is so much more important than doing things for Jesus. He loves you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He desires that above everything else. And this is the issue that he had with religious people. There's a section in Matthew, Matthew 23, that talks about the, uh, the religious nature of the scribes and the Pharisees and the, the hypocrisy. It says this, it says in Matthew 23, verse one, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit on Moses' seat. There it is, they put themselves on a high place. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. Verse four, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. Does this sound like religion to you? But they themselves are not willing to move them with a finger. Look at verse 25. Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside may also be clean. What he's saying there is he's saying, go and get your heart right with God. And then from that place of having a heart relationship with God, clean on the inside, being cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ in relationship with Him, from that place, go and do whatever you're called to do. This is what happens with a religious spirit coming in. We get it the wrong way around if we're not careful. So I wanted to just really quickly give us some differences between religion and relationship this morning. You ready? Online, the difference between religion and relationship. Here we go. Religion feels transactional, but relationship feels intentional. 
Religion makes you feel transactional. It makes you feel like, oh, what's my quota look like? Have I done enough? Have I, have I, have I surpassed the amount of transactions needed? How many ties? Have I been to, how many times have I been to church lately? How many times have I prayed? You know, that's transactional. But relationships are always intentional, like God's just looking to spend time with you. It's not about how many times you've prayed. It's not about how many times you did stuff. But my question is this, is are you spending any time with him? Because that's relationship. But religion, it's transactional. You know, religion is a have to. Relationship is a get to. Religion is a have to. Oh, I have to go to church. Oh, I have to tithe. Oh, I have to go and do that thing that they want me to do. Yeah, it's just, that's a religious spirit. But relationships like, man, I love God and he loves me. And man, I just love my, I just love God and I'm gonna go be at church. God, I'm going to give out of the overflow of my relationship with you. I'm going to honour you in my finances because I love you and because it's not about me trying to get in your good graces. I'm already there. And so it's from that place that I can be intentional with my faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, Something else about religion is religion makes you strive, whereas relationship always puts you at ease. Religion, it wants to to always make you feel like you've got to work hard to get into God's good graces, striving or working for perfection before God. <laughs> you ever met someone and they kind of roll this way and they say things like, man, you know, things aren't going well. I haven't been to church in a while. I've, I've, I've heard that more than once. And I believe something, something stirs me in the spirit in that moment because I'm like, man, you've got it the wrong way around. It doesn't matter how many times you go to church. You only have to go one time, maybe, and just meet Jesus, but you can do that anywhere. It's not about striving or working or trying to make everything happen. Something else, religion applies pressure, whereas relationship releases tension. I like that. Religion's always trying to apply pressure to your situation apply a tension that maybe shouldn't be there or make you feel pressed down. And that's what Jesus had a problem with, his religion. It was pressing people down into a place they were never meant to be. Religion, it always makes you feel smaller, whereas relationship wants you to grow bigger. Religion always makes you wanna feel small. Religious spirit always makes you feel smaller and not worth the extravagant love of the Father. And relationship with Him will always push you towards growing in your faith. But here's the problem, is religion's easier. Relationship is harder. You can mail it in all day with religion. Just tell me what I gotta do. Tell me what form to fill out. Send me the link. I'm preaching the truth this morning and shaming the devil. Religion will always make you feel smaller, but relationship wants to lift you up wants to lift you to a high place, but it takes intentionality. It takes spending time. It takes the hard work, not the hard work. Religion says, follow these rules and you'll be good with God. Whereas Jesus says, follow me and you'll be good with God. It's not about rules. It's about relationship in Jesus' name. So what's the answer to not living with a religious spirit? Well, here it is. It's operating out of grace. It's operating out of 
a relationship and not religion, understanding that it doesn't matter. You could spend the rest of your life doing everything perfect and it would still not be enough. That's why Jesus came. That's why we have the power of the resurrection. That's why the cross is so significant for us as believers and why we're going to keep declaring it in our lives. You know, Paul dealt with this constantly. In the early church, people were trying to put works. People were trying to put stuff. People were trying to put rules in front of new believers. And Paul the whole time is trying to un- dismantle that and pull that out. Let me show you this scripture in Colossians 2. This is, this is the whole point of the message. Look at what it says in verse 20. It says, For you are included in the death of Christ and have died with Him to the religious system and powers of this world. Don't retreat back to being bullied by the standards and opinions of religion. You know what I've learned is that religion is usually full of standards and full of opinions. It's full of like, hey, this is the opinion on that. And here's the standard you can't reach. And he goes on, he says, for example, there's strict requirements. You can't associate with that person or don't eat that. You can't touch that. Verse 22, these are doctrines of men and corrupt customs that are worthless to help you spiritually. For though they appear to possess the promise of wisdom in their submission to God through the deprivation of their physical bodies, it is actually nothing more than empty rules rooted in religious rituals. Religion will always offer us nothing but emptiness, but relationship will fill us up. And I pray that we as believers would be people that always gravitate towards a relationship with God. And if there's a blockage right now, if you feel like, oh, this is actually speaking to me, can I just encourage you? The answer is not for you to try to do good. The answer is not for you to try to make all these changes in your own strength. The answer is just to go to Jesus. The answer is just to spend time with God and say, God, I love you. I need you. I'm done doing stuff. Can I just encourage you? God will meet you right where you're at. He said He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Would you stand? Team, you can come and join me. I just want to take a moment. I want to pray specifically. When it comes to vision for your life, I want to go back to the first part of the message. Trying to find us in a place where I believe the Spirit's leading us and I believe it's right here. When it comes to vision, are you in here today thinking, Yeah, after the year that we had last year, I don't have a lot of vision for my life. In fact, there is no vision. And maybe it's time for you to revisit. Revisit that part of your life. I believe there's marriages in here today and you need vision for your marriages. I believe there's people in here today and you have a vision that one day you will be married or you need to have a vision for it. I believe there are people in here and you're you're wanting to start a family. Can I just encourage you, today is your day to revisit the vision that God has for you. So I wonder what it is. Is there a lack of vision? Is there something that maybe you need to go back to? And here's one, maybe there was a dream that you had. Maybe there was a dream. But because of discouragement, because of obstacles, maybe because of 2020, you pushed that dream to the side and you gave up on it. I believe God today is saying, it's time to revisit it. Because God hasn't given up on that vision because He hasn't given up on you. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, I just wanna take a moment. This won't take long. I really want us to do the heart work. Not the hard work, the heart work. And if you're in here today and you're like, yeah, that's me. I don't have any vision for my life. Or I used to have vision, but for whatever reason, I'm not, uh, I'm not there right now. I need to start dreaming again. I need to start believing. I need to start seeing. Maybe I need to write it down. 
And maybe you're in here today and you're like, I actually have no idea what the vision is. And you just need to ask God. You need to spend time with Him. You need to cry out to God, your Heavenly Father, who's gonna give you vision. He's gonna speak it into your life. He's gonna show it to you. So if that's you today, well, no one's looking around. It's just heart work time. Just raise your hand. Just shoot it up. I'm just believing in faith today that God's gonna drop seeds of vision, seeds of faith. And in the days to come, you're gonna recognise it. You're gonna be reading the part of Scripture and it's gonna speak to you. Or someone's gonna say something to you. It's really gonna resonate. And it's God giving you vision, God giving you sight for the future. The Bible says that when Isaiah saw the Messiah's glory, when he saw Jesus, when he got a revelation, it says he spoke or it came forth. Holy Spirit, you see all the hands that are raised. And thank you for your presence here today, Holy Spirit. We ask right now humbly that you would come and you would speak into people's lives, speak vision, speak dreams. Show us new things. Show us things that we've never seen before. Help us to have faith. Help our unbelief. Help us to move forward into what you have for us. Holy Spirit, I'm believing right now that you're just unlocking dreams in people's lives, unlocking spaces and places where people have never gone before. God, we speak vision into marriages. God, we speak the kind of vision in marriages that it's better than it could have ever been in our finite belief, God. Father, I speak into families right now, families that have not even started yet. Lord, we speak vision of families that are coming. Children that haven't been born yet, Lord, we speak that vision today. We believe in Jesus' Name that You're giving us a vision for the future. And thank You, Lord, that as we look to You, as we lift our voices right now, as we, as we cry out to You, as we worship You, God, thank You that You're gonna come and deposit something in us, Lord, that we know is undeniably You in Jesus' Name. Come on, church, let's take a moment right now. Let's sing Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.